and there's a lot of deception. A lot of deception and we have to be very careful what we hear today is sounds good but it doesn't mean it's right. People get excited and um, want to do things, can't wait for God. One of the hardest things there is, is to wait. Wait on the Lord. Because we have so much agendas, so many programs that we want. And we think God should be doing it this way or he's going to do it that way. But that's not the, uh, <clears throat> that's not the way God does it. God is only going to do things his way. I don't care how much I prophesy, how much I sing, how much I preach. The word is already, it is written. There's only one way God is going to do it. And it's his way. Not my way. Not your, not your way. But he's going to do it his way. And I said it was hard to wait on the Lord. But when you wait on God, you renew your strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Strength in God. And God will lift you up. God will, will honor you. God will bless you. And you will have a, you'll have a hear to hear the word of God. <clears throat> to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Um. Sister Rosie was quoting some very good scriptures there in Malachi. No, Lamentation, the third chapter, um, verse, uh, what verse was it? 22. Lamentation, uh, verse 22 of chapter, chapter 3. What does it say? That speaking about the mercies it is the of the Lord's mercies verse while we are not consumed go down to verse it is of the Lord's mercies think of it think of it whose mercies <clears throat> it is of the Lord's mercies how merciful he is that we are not consumed that means destroyed Unless God showed us mercy because all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So it's because of his mercy is why you're here. Not because of somebody else. Not even because of somebody's preaching. Because you know we have, we build up images of men and women. And we believe that if I could be like, as, as telling someone a few weeks back that, <coughs> excuse my voice, but. You understand? It's better than just staying upstairs. I, I have work to do. And, um, you know, they wanted to be like somebody else. That's a mistake. If you, if you pick out an image of a human being that you want to be like them, you become an idolater instead of Christ. <clears throat> so it's of the Lord's mercy is why. We are not consumed because it's compassion. You know, there's a song that said he had compassion on me. He looked down on you and I and saw that we were broken, bruises, 
the devil want to destroy you. That's it. Only reason why the devil exists is to destroy you and to destroy me. But the reason why Christ came, it was to deliver us from that bondage and attack and the plan of the devil. So, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It's not because you study or because you're so great or you're so good. The only reason why you're still in church serving God is because of the mercies of God. Nothing, nothing that you've done. So you come to church and you say, I wish it was, this thing was better. Or I wish, or that doesn't save you. If that brother got real spiritual, what does that have to do with you? Or that sister, get real spiritual. That does not have anything to do with you. It's only one thing. And anybody knows? I'm talking about it, the mercies of the Lord. It is of the Lord's mercies why that we are not consumed. Every morning, the devil would have wiped you out. You would have been destroyed. And all of us deserve to be in hell. Every one of us. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercies, he saved us. So it's mercies. Then how, how long is the mercies of the Lord? How long? His mercies is from? Find that out of scripture pretty soon. Don't change it. But find that out of scripture. I'll need it. His mercies is from everlasting to everlasting. All right, let, let's go back here. It's mercies because of his mercies why we are not consumed. Because, because his compassions fail not. Next verse says, they are new. Look, look how you talk. You, you say, but well, I pray this morning. But look what God does every morning. <clears throat> you and I might forget to praise him and to worship him. But look, he never forget. They are new. What, what is new every morning? His mercies. They are new every morning. So when you get up in the first thing in the morning, some people ask the Lord, give me this. And give me that. But he already supply you. The greatest thing that you need. <clears throat> is the mercies of God. That we are not consumed. They are new. Every morning. So every morning. You can touch base. With God. Because he has something for you. They are new every morning. Then great. Is thy faithfulness. How great is his faithfulness? Great is thy faithfulness. The faithfulness of God. When you and I many times we're not faithful. You have to drill it into somebody to be faithful. Come to church. Serve God. Read your Bible. Live for God. Pray. Not so for God. Nobody has to remind him to give you mercies every morning. You get that? No one has to remind God to give you <clears throat> mercies every morning. They are new every morning. What? You can get up shouting because you might not have any money or you might not have a job.
But you have the mercies of God. Hallelujah. You're surrounded by the mercies of God. For they are new every morning. This morning it was. Did you miss it? He said, I I overslept. I missed the mercies of God. Well, (coughs) excuse me. You, You can still get it. He said, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Then verse 24 says, Then look, everybody wants an inheritance, right? What if your parents died? You want to know what is my portion? Did they leave anything for me? And they might, and they might not leave anything for you. Okay, Our relatives might not leave anything for you, but you don't have to worry about that because you have another portion that far out. Uh, do or outweigh the portion that family could give to you. It says the Lord is my portion. If you believe that, you'll never you'll never get upset. The Lord is my portion. If you believe that, you'll never get uh, uh, discouraged or let somebody um, hold you back. The lo- go around and talk to yourself. The Lord that's talking to yourself. The Lord is my portion. This 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 section of scripture you, is applied to yourself. Okay, you talk to yourself. The Lord is my portion. When everything failed and nothing seemed to be working for you, the Lord is working for you. The Lord is my portion. Amen. You have no money, you have no job, but you're talking. To, to yourself. Your soul is talking to you. Why art thou cast down? O oh, my soul. And why can't you lift up your hands. And praise the Lord. The Lord. Is my portion. Get that? The Lord. Is my portion. That's a tremendous revelation. He said the Lord is my portion. Said my soul. This is what your soul is saying. The Lord is my portion. So you begin to commune with your soul and you listen to what your soul is saying to you. What is your soul saying to you? Something about the Lord is my portion. Set my soul. You see the place where you have to get to? Where your soul begins to talk to you? Your soul begins to acknowledge God? Otherwise you, well, I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but what I'm telling you this morning, it goes more than that. Therefore, because the Lord is my portion, set my soul. What are you going to do? Therefore, will I hope in him and hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost. You see, when when, when you, um, and that's going to result in charity, faith, hope, charity. The greatest of these is charity. So here's the step. When your soul begins to, you commune with your soul. Okay. Now, if your soul set my soul, what is the soul speaking to? The soul is now communing with your spirit. Because remember, you have spirit, 
and you have um, uh, spirit, then you have soul and body. But now what's, what's communing with you? A lot of people don't know the difference. <clears throat> they said, oh, my spirit tell me. Not really. Not really, because the spirit cannot tell you without the unity or the, the um, harmony of the soul, the agreement of the soul. Somebody said, my spirit tells me that. Uh, how did the spirit tell you that? See, because the soul is in contact to your human. And the soul brings messages from God through your spirit. And it comes through your spirit to your soul. And what's de uh, deposited in your spirit, in your soul, is a right word. A great word. What did you receive from God this morning? What did your soul receive? The Lord. Hallelujah. Is my portion. I might not be shouting right here. But this is shouting material. Because I'm telling you now. Because the church is not taught. We, um, we, we are trying to, to solve all the mysteries of the devil. Is there a devil? Is the flesh the devil? Is there a real devil? Uh, is the soul mortal or immortality? And a lot of stuff. When our, our, our spirit and our soul has not yet learned to commune with God. See? We don't even understand the messages that our spirit is placing in our soul. Here, here's what. The Lord is my portion. Now that's big. If you just read the scripture like that, you know, you go over it in a second. The Lord is my portion. So what have you said? What have you found out? Who said it? Who said that? The Lord is my portion. Said my soul. Where did that come from? That, uh, that voice that you hear in you. Hmm? Many times people mistake because the church is not taught. And they come and say, Pastor, God told me this. All right. Sit down and talk with them. He did. What did he say? What did God say? And you know God didn't talk to them. See, it's, it's the, and that voice didn't come from their spirit. That, that voice came from the flesh. See, because the flesh can speak to your soul. Okay? But you want to get to the place where it's your spirit commune with your soul. And your soul commune with your spirit. If the soul is communing with your body, the outer man. Remember, we have body, we have soul, and we have Spirit. Now, if the outer man, which is the body, communes with you and you take um, advice or leading from the outer man, you're in trouble. You'll never make it. You're failing. You'll never arrive. You'll never see God. But it goes the other way. It's your spirit. There's a human spirit, but there is also a God spirit. Now the God spirit comes down through your human spirit and deposit the mind of God and the God in your spirit. Now, the soul is in harmony 
with the spirit, your human spirit. So your human spirit deposit the mind of God in your soul. And what did he, what did what did your soul discover? What did you your soul find out? The Lord is your portion, said my soul. So the soul picks it up, and you meditate on that. Okay? You commune with that. You draw nigh to God with that. See, the, the, your spirit man places into your, into your soul direction. Amen. Amen. It places into your soul knowledge. It's not good that the soul be without knowledge. Knowledge of God. And you begin to commune with God. Isn't this wonderful? You begin to talk with God. Why? Because his spirit. Bears witness with. Our spirit. See that the witness. They talk in the mouth of two witnesses. Let every word be established. So here's one witness. And here's another witness. The spirit of God is a witness. And your spirit is a witness. So they commune. Commune. With each other. And you hear from God. Through your spirit. By his Holy Spirit. You get it? By his Holy Spirit. And the spirit. Of God deposit. Through. Direction. Knowledge. Wisdom in your spirit. And you might not even be. Aware of it. But. In the morning, because his mercies is new. Do you, do you know it's much easier to get in touch with God in the morning? That's why the devil attacks you sometimes in the morning early. Because when you wake up, and if you begin to praise the Lord, <clears throat> if you begin to praise the Lord early morning, will I seek him? But notice the devil will get you warring with each other, warring and cursing out the dog. Finding, you know, you get, you're real miserable. What is he doing? He's robbing you. Or trying to make you stay in the darkness of what's deposited into your spirit or into your soul. But if you can get up in the morning and begin to praise him, the Lord is my portion. It doesn't matter what day you have, what, what's going on in your life. You begin to praise him. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the pastor. Thank God for the word of God. What am I doing? I'm explaining a scripture to you. That you don't understand. He said but I understood it. Not like this. Not like this. These are hard scriptures. Okay. And I'm showing you. What God deposit. The, the inheritance. You say when I get to heaven. I'll get my inheritance. But God is placing inheritance in you right now. And the devil wants you to miss. But notice the Lord is my portion. Well, that's a big word. Portion. When he becomes your portion. What is my portion? And your earthly father might leave you now. One house. Few, few, few dollars in the bank. But that's all you get from him. But not so with the Lord. The inheritance of God, what God has given you, is from everlasting to everlasting. The Lord is my portion. Not just one inheritance, but forever. Set to my soul. See, your soul discovers something. Okay? 
in, instead of letting sorrow and, and your grief and, and, and your upset in your soul, your soul has discovered something. Your soul has a revelation. What is that revelation? The Lord is my portion. Can you imagine now? <clears throat> when that soul discovered that God is its portion. Come on, you're going to shout. It, it, it's discovering an inheritance that you did not have or didn't know before. You, you can have an inheritance. It's no good to you unless you know. Okay? If you don't know that you have an inheritance, it's no good to you. But it's when you find out who you are. And you discover that you're not just a poor, outcast child, but you're rich in his mercies and grace. And it's not just one time, but it's everlasting. Every morning, can you think? Every morning, he gives you his portion. He gives you a portion. So what do you do with it? Are you collecting? Huh? Because he has it. The Lord is my portion. Set my soul. Therefore, because I know this, because I know that the Lord is my portion, I will hope. Anybody know what hope? When you're hoping in the Lord, I will hope in him. When you put your trust, your hope in someone, <clears throat> nothing can shake your faith. Nothing can, can move you when you, uh, when you hope in the Lord because he is your portion. Set my soul. That's what your soul said. The Lord is my portion. The devil said you don't have anything. You're poor. No. I'm rich. How do you know it? Because the Lord is my portion. Every day. Every morning. He gives me that portion. So it's more. It's more than a double portion. Because if it's new every morning. It's unlimited. Okay, it's unlimited. The next verse. The Lord is good. Isn't he good? The Lord is good. Unto them that wait for him. All right, remember I said wait. You get anxious. Why isn't God using me? I have to do something. Time is going. Souls are dying. Ever hear somebody say that? I've got to get out there and turn them and win them to Christ. But you don't even know the word of God. <clears throat> and when you get out there. You give them wrong information. Because how long does it take. To get the mind of God. John the Baptist had a six months ministry. But look how long it took to prepare for it. So the Lord is good. Good. But don't stop there. Is good unto them that wait for him. Wait for him to do it for you. Not you doing it for yourself. And said, I couldn't wait anymore. So I'm doing it. If, if I do something and God didn't tell me, it's a sin. Well, I want you to, you, you to consider that. If, if, uh, if I do something, well, I'm doing it. The scripture says go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yes, it did. But you have to read other scripture that harmonizes and when. God's not going to send you when you don't know the word of God. 
you don't understand the word of God. You've got to, because what you're going to do, if you don't understand the word of God and you go, you become a deceiver, a false prophet. That's what you do. If you tell wrong information or you explain the scripture wrong, you're a false prophet. Okay, and you become a worker of iniquity. Okay, if you didn't wait on God. Well, I waited on God for, for a month and he said this. I've been waiting. I'm saved a year or two. Did you know that God never make a mistake? Hmm? God knows exactly where you are. He knows your name. He knows what he has placed in your, in your spirit. And when it's your time, God will use you. He said, the Lord is good. Now, no, notice now what you're discovering about God, what your soul is discovering about God. Huh? You get out there, you're hoping, you're trusting in God, you're waiting on God, but you also know he's good. Come on. He's good. But he's good unto them that wait for him. Ha. You need to shout. To the soul that seeketh him. You never heard that before. To the soul that seeketh him. What does that mean? Who are you seeking? What are you seeking? You come to church this morning. <clears throat> what what are you seeking? Is good unto them that wait for him. Alright, you need to get it right now. Because just saying the Lord is good, but he's not he didn't say that. That's not what he said. He's got unto them that wait for him. No, no, no. Check your life. When have you been waiting for the Lord? How long have you been waiting for him? You say, I've been waiting for a year. God doesn't go by your time. He goes by his time. Wait on the Lord. Put your trust in God. Hope in the Lord. We, 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 we touched all those scriptures a while ago. Wait. Trust. Hope in the Lord. Because he is my portion. How do I know that? My soul knows it. Amen? The Lord is good. If you don't remember anything else, he's a good God. The Lord is good. You go into your car, you start it up, and it's not starting. The Lord is good. Unto them that wait for him. Now, when you're waiting for God, you're going to have your Bibles. You're not just sit down and doing a lot of stuff, but you're going to wait, meditating, pondering on the word of God. He's wait to them that he's good to them that wait for him. Look at it. To the soul. Any soul. That seek it after him. How do you seek him? In the word of God. And you shall find him. When you shall search or seek for him. With all your heart. This beautiful lesson right here. You're glad that my voice is. Or maybe I'd be preaching. And I would not touch that. But it's such a soothing scripture. <clears throat> because those of you that know the history. Of. Israel, uh, Judah was now in captivity in Babylon. 
And so Jeremiah was grieving. And in his grief, sorrow for the people. Look at how the comfort that God gives him. You can read it for yourself. It's a horrible time. It was. Women, uh, uh, women eating their children. You say, oh, no, no, yes. Because you don't read the Bible, do you? Uh, the captivity of Judah. When Israel was taken in captivity by the Assyrian. Um, do you know that even the um, even the head of a horse was sold for so much? There was a famine in the land. And the, the, the background, if you know the background, you see we read scripture but we don't know the background or the history. We don't go into it because we're not taught. So we, we take a verse here, like I could take a verse and I'm gone with it. But you don't know the full story. When Jeremiah was saying the Lord is good. And why was he saying that? You have to go back and understand Jeremiah. You have to go back to Isaiah. You have to know the Old Testament. And that's what I'm trying to make you acquainted with these things. You see this church here? That's what I'm trying to make you acquainted. So you become educated. You jump up with one verse or two verse. But you don't know. The real happenings or the background. But if you read uh, lamentation. Um, the Lord is good to them that seek after him. What's the next verse? Anymore? It is good. I want to finish this. It is good that a man should hope and quietly see that word. You're going to wait, but now I, the scripture went on further. Tell you how you do it. It is good that a man should hear. He brings back hope and he brings back Wait. But how do you do it? Hope and wait quietly. You're not shooting off your mouth. You're not uh, 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 upset. You're not showing a bad spirit. You, a, a bad spirit is coming from you. That's, not, that's, that's foolishness. But it is good that a man should both. That's two things. What are the two things? Hope. And quietly. You're not in the house quarreling. Upset at everything. But you're quietly waiting. He didn't do it for you today. But tomorrow. He's going to do it for you. He didn't do it for you. You've been waiting a year. He didn't do it. But you're quietly. Don't go complain and say. "Well, uh, You know I've been waiting for a husband. And he hasn't come yet. No, I've been waiting for a wife and she hasn't arrived. I've been waiting for a job. I've been waiting for a house. I've been waiting for a car. I'm always broke. I've been waiting. No, you're quietly. That means you don't tell people what you're doing. You don't go around running your mouth and let them see how spiritual you are. You're fasting. You're praying for such and such a thing. No, he waits. And he quietly, hallelujah. Hey, what a beautiful spirit he or she has. But you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're waiting for. It says that they quietly, they both hope and quietly, this ought to change our lives. Quietly wait for the salvation of our Lord. 
But I'm saved. I came to the altar 20 years ago. I'm saved. It's not even talking about that. You got to be quietly, patiently. There's a scripture in Romans 2. We like it. To them, seven. To them who by patience continue on sin, well doing. Seek for glory, honor, immortality, eternal life. It is good that a man should both hope. I want you to get these scriptures because if I were you, I'd memorize them. And nobody would be able to deceive you. You wouldn't look at somebody and say, oh, I love your gift. I love your ministry. No, that's not the way you do it. You look on the Lord. If you begin to look at per, uh, a person and say that, you become an idolater. You get your eyes off Jesus. Because it's Jesus. So they both hope and quietly wait. That's patience. It's going to calm your spirit down. You, you, you're going to begin to change if you, if you begin to quietly. There's going to be a different spirit inside of you. And everybody's going to see your spirit. You're not going to be the same. That harsh, attacking, hasty spirit. Uh, study to be quiet. That's what the scripture said. You've got to calm down and study how to be quiet. Now this is moving on in God. I'm showing you now the image of God. It's not how good you can sing or preach or shout. You're the loudest one. But the Bible didn't say that. God can bless you even when you quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. If my voice was, and it's getting a little better, I can hear it. It was terrible. Most preachers would say, I'm not going to preach today, but that's not me. I take it serious. Okay? And I got a job to do. But look at this beautiful lesson. If I was babysitting my voice, you wouldn't get this message. But I'm not a babysitter. But but goes on. He said you're waiting for the salvation. Now that salvation means the deliverance. The salvation of the Lord because you're in such a condition, in such a state. Because at this time they were in captivity. So he's waiting for the restoration, the deliverance, the salvation of the Lord. Verse 27 says, it is good, look at that, for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. When you're young, young man, I call on you, study, bear your cross, young lady, right now, when you're young, okay? You bear the yoke in your youth. He sit it alone and keep it silent. Sometimes you're all by yourself. But don't complain because you and God is a majority. And if God be for us, who can be against us? He seated alone. Don't be surprised that you're just by yourself all alone. Well, I don't like to be alone, but you're not alone. The Lord said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And alone with God. Have you ever get to that place where Alone with God in the secret place. He that uh, dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He sitteth alone and keepeth silent. He's not on the telephone all the time, stirring up argument, doing this. No, he's seated alone and he's quiet. Because, what is he doing? He had borne the chastisement, the rebuke, the correction. He had borne it upon him. It's wonderful. Somebody run away from chastisement, correction. Said, I'm not going to uh, go to church. I'm not going to surrender because pastor is too harsh. He points out the scripture to me. You know, I, I didn't even communicate with Sister Rosie. I didn't know what she was going to. This was not even in my mind. But she touched it and I felt that it was such a good scripture. And I have not even time to read over it. But because I studied my Bible. And I knew that this was in captivity. And now after they were now in captivity. And the hope that Jeremiah had. That after 70 years they would be restored. Jeremiah was a great man. And if you know uh, the... Um, if you know the scripture here, uh, you would understand lamentation was where he was weeping uh, for for the people of God. Um, the message that the message that Jeremiah had for the people, and chapter one, ver yeah, of lamentation. Let me show you what. What I'm talking about there, chapter one of Lamentation. Well, you can read. Read from verse one. Chapter one, verse one says, Oh, do it, the city sits solitary. That was full of people. No, it was empty in captivity. See, when you take a verse of scripture here, you need to know the background. It was empty, but now it was solitary. Emptied out, quiet. That was full of people. How is she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princess among the provinces. How is she become tributary? It's showing a tremendous lesson that you cannot turn on God and succeed. You have to humble yourself. You're going to lose when you turn and forget God. She weeped sore in the night. That's Jerusalem. And her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she had none to comfort her. Who was her lover? Can anybody tell me? Among whom all the nations that she flirted with. You know, when you're running around, talking, leaving your lovers, that you love more than God, but then when you're going through, you're all alone. Or lovers, where is the Assyrian? Where is the Babylonians? Where is the Medes and Persian? Get it? Among all her lovers that she put before God, she had none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. The one that's your friend today might be your enemy tomorrow. That's why you need to hope and trust in God. You get the lesson? That's where chapter 3 came from of lamentation. 
But you have to have an idea, a knowledge of these things. Unless you don't understand the word of God. You quote it, but you don't know the background of the um, word of God. Verse 3 says, no, no, here, here's what I said. Judah is gone into captivity. To who? Who took them into captivity? The Babylonians. Remember, uh, there's three times that the Babylonians went up and um, besieged the city. Besieged the city. Uh, the first time they took captives. The second time they took some of the vessels of the temple. And the third time they destroyed Jerusalem. During this time, I think the first, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was taken to Babylon and others. And they were restored, many of them, under Cyrus, the Medes and Persian, 70 years after, according to Jeremiah. If you read Jeremiah, you will find it. This book is wonderful. But you have to know it. You, you have to be in a church that's teaching it. Otherwise, when you stand before the Lord, you, you don't know nothing. And you're supposed to know the book. Not because the preachers say that. But because the word of God says it. Judah is gone in here. Judah is gone into captivity. Because, because of affliction. And because of great servitudes. She dwelleth among the heathen. That's in captivity. She findeth no rest. Remember by the rivers of Babylon. We sat there. We uh, wept on her harps. Yeah. She findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. They captured her. They took her. Let me read a little more before I close. It says, the ways of Zion do more. Because none come to the solemn feast. All her gates are desolate. Look at that. Burnt with fire. The gates. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted and she is in bitterness. See what happened in the captivity? That's where you go to read what happened at the after effect of the captivity. Give me a couple more verses here. Her adversaries are the chief. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord had afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children are gone. Into captivity before the enemy. What a scripture. You get that? What a class. What a, what a church. Look at, look at what God's giving you today. What a lesson. Hmm? Did I prepare it? Make it? No, I did not. But when you stay in the word of God. At all season. Verse um, 6. And from the daughters of Zion. All her beauty is departed. Her princes are become like arts that are that find no pastures, you know, like animals out there, there's no grass out there. They snuffed up the dust and they are gone without strength before they pursue it. That means they led in captivity and they had no strength because they put them in chains. Right? Some of those captivities was terrible. They would put hooks in their nostril, in their tongue, and pull them like dogs, like animals. They would, they would, the Assyrians and the Babylonians were terrible. When they crucify, they would skin, some of them would skin their, um, their captive alive. 
pull the skin off of them and hang them out there. See, it's 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 hard to transgress. You you haven't heard anything. This gloomy, beautiful, uh, nice lesson that we are taught, you know, today in Pentecost. Give me this. Give me that. God want to make you rich. God want to. God's gonna give you this if you. It's a lot of hype. Sure, God blesses you, but um, there's a lot of suffering that goes with it. Read it. Read Hebrews. Chapter 11. But today the churches has make it so oh, quiet and nice that you can do anything because the grace of God covers it all. It's not true. Through much tribulation, afflictions, we enter into the kingdom of God. So let me let me close. Verse 7. Let me close here. And I want that one scripture about the mercies of God. Jerusalem remembered in the days of her affliction and of her miseries all her pleasant things, things that she had in the days of hope when her people fell into the hands of the enemy and none did help her. The adversaries saw her and did mock at her Sabbath. So you can read the rest for yourself. I laid the foundation. And you ought to say, praise God, I was in church this morning. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful scripture. You see, it's teaching, but you know, oh, I don't want, I want to jump and a shout on you. Let's go ahead and hear Caesar. But unless you study and you sit down and get these words, you're not going to be. All right, everybody in here have been to school. You're educated. You've been to grade school. Some of you have been to college, university. You know that you go in there and sit down with your books. You're not running around the building. If you had a professor who's always hyping, quote a few, and he run around, you say, what, what's wrong with this guy? But he stands there. Sometimes he, but he give you the, the lessons. And then before it's over, you're going to be smarter than you were. Well, that's what we've done here this morning. We've given you this tremendous lesson. It's been a tremendous lesson. That and it's still right on that we gave you the captivity and how the children of Israel and the children of Judah went into captivity. The Israelites went into captivity by the um, by the Assyrians about 200 years earlier than the than the Ju uh, uh, children of Judah went in about 200 years later into um, Babylon. And let me just read that scripture. Psalms 103 verse 17 says, But the mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness and to children's children. Isn't that awesome? That means your generation, your offspring. You don't have to even keep reminding God. God's going to save your children. <coughs> Amen. All right. Did you enjoy that? Brother, uh, Brother Edwards, come and receive the offering. God bless you.